Hi, I'm Maria Theohara Solvelo Sos on social media. Welcome back to Server 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style Podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. So over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Secret or at Secret Sows on Instagram is today's So Over 50 podcast guest. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Secret. Hi, Maria. Hi, Secret. How are you? Hi, <laughs> fine. Thank you. And you? I'm so pleased that you're here. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. That's all right. So that our listeners know, we're actually recording this in December for January. And it's a really busy time for everyone. So, Sigrid, thank you so much for giving me your time today. It's no problem at all. It's really no problem. It's uh, I, I really love to do this. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. The reason I contacted you to be on the podcast is because something happened to your Instagram account recently. Can you tell us what happened? What happened basically was, luckily, I was very lucky. It was not an actual hack. My Instagram account was not hacked. Mm-hmm. But somebody was... Posting as if he was or she was me. They made an account with my name, added an extra S to it, started following people that follow me or that I follow, and apparently also sent some messages to them. I got a few screenshots because a few people were quite aware this is not cigarette. This is not her. Actually, I don't often send messages to people, direct messages, very, very rarely. But they were also on the subject that uh, they were very political. I don't discuss politics as a basic rule. It's about sewing. Well, I was alerted to that by a friend who sent me a WhatsApp message. Hey, I got a message uh, to follow you, but I follow you already. So what's happening? Uh, Checked my Instagram account, found out uh, about this extra account. Immediately put up a message. It was actually at at a busy time. I had guests over for dinner at the time. So I really, in between... Uh, oh, sorry, I have to do this. Uh, a quick message, don't follow this account. And, and I reported it. Others reported this as well. Uh, so I think the account was taken off the Instagram uh, site, uh, well, within 24 hours. But uh, it, it was scary. It was what was happening. And they even took my photo. That was uh, the most scary thing. Because somebody making an, an extra account with, with a name that's very similar to yours but that they managed to make a copy of my photo and have that in their profile, that was scary. And it comes all of a sudden, you don't expect something like that to happen, do you? No, not at all. Basically, I think I don't have that much of a following, not, not that big a name uh, on Instagram. I'm not very special, in my opinion. I have a, a bit of followers, but it's it's not our accounts like the show of 50 accounts. It's much bigger. I could see... People have an interest in that account for the amount of followers, but not for my account. So that's really out of the blue. The good thing that you've mentioned is that people who were contacted by these people, this person who was imitating your account, contacted you via a different way. Yes. One had a direct message and one was someone I just know personally, so who, who sent me a WhatsApp message. Of course, that made it very genuine to have that different approach. That helped you realise that what you realised 
what was happening and it was someone that you trusted and it was great that you had the time to even put something up to warn people about what had happened. Yeah, I I was uh, very happy. The guests were not that formal that I couldn't break out for a moment. (laughs) It really was, how do I now contact people about this account that it's not real, it's not me? And then I thought, oh, well, so I I took uh, my notes app wrote something there, made a screenshot of there, so just don't follow this account. Yes. I didn't have time to make a proper post or whatever. So I really very fast in notes, made a screenshot, put it up as a post on Instagram, just don't follow this account. And then I got a lot of reactions later on that, that people also reported the, the fake account. And then, as you said, within 24 hours, that account disappeared from Instagram. Yeah, it did. How did you feel when that happened? Very happy. And also, I feel very happy about the fact that it was relatively fast. Instagram is a huge community with, with, with lots of people. I was really surprised that action was taken so quickly. It's reassuring to know that when something like that happens, you've got people who will report them for you as well as yourself, and that action takes place so quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I expected it to be longer, but also that if more people report, then it will get awareness quicker, I think, on on the Instagram side Mm. of things, that something is wrong, that that someone is using an account or trying to imitate an account that's not theirs. Sigrid, thank you for talking us through what happened to you and how you were able to resolve it with support of people and the quick response that Instagram was able to give you. Yeah, that's a very good thing. What I would say is, it made me more aware of your vulnerability as well. So I also, as a measurement, I changed my password. I wasn't actually hacked, but I thought, change my password anyhow. And I had two-step authentication on. I didn't have that and I have set it up now. So if I log in on a totally different computer or device, it will ask me from my own phone, is it you that is actually trying to connect to Instagram? I tried it on another device and that worked perfectly. I couldn't get into the account until I had confirmed on my phone that it was me. And I would say to everyone, just do that. That's really good advice is to change your password when something like that seems to be happening. Yeah, I think it's a very wise thing anyhow to change passwords more or less regularly or at least and and use a very cryptic password. It's not easily uh, to recognize. My password doesn't have the name Sigrid in it. Good. <laughs> Lots of people do that, but it, it isn't. And, and I have the two-step verification is very important. Yeah, it is. Only, only for Instagram. I listen to podcasts about cyber awareness. And at the end of every year, they have the top 10 common passwords that people use. And apparently it's the same every year. It's like, guest or password or one two three four five six seven eight those sorts of things i never do that not anymore i used to do that as well i think we all did but nowadays no i use a different password for each and every site and i have a password manager good awesome but but there's also something you learn i think i work in it so it's 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 part of the job really so outside of your job can you tell us about your sewing hobby i started this as a child really (laughs) Okay. I've been sewing for over 50 years now. I learned sewing from my mother, did sew a bit for my dolls, and made my first garment when I was 11 years old. And I remember it well. It was a red pair of trousers with buttons on the sides, 70s. Wow. 
white legs, trousers. It was my first garment. I don't have it anymore. It was gone. I think my mother threw it away when I grew out of it. But I've sewn ever since. I learned the basics from my mother. And when I was about 20, I started to use folk patterns, which was very exclusive at the time. It was very special, very expensive as well. So I, had, I really had to save to be able to buy a folk pattern because in the Netherlands, they, they were very, very rare. Uh, I think at the time, they were about 20 guilders. We still had guilders then. It was an amount I had to save for. But, oh, these patterns were so gorgeous. They were gorgeous patterns as such. I was a real fan of Claude Montana, a Paris designer. So folk had those patterns. But also the instructions. They were so step-by-step. They taught me so much that those things that you wouldn't learn from uh, someone who didn't have a... My mother sewed because her mother sewed. She didn't have an education in sewing. So I learned so many special details. Yeah, I kept sewing. didn't sew... A lot for myself when my children were very young, sewed a bit for my children and came back to it early, I think 2000, 2002, something like that. I started sewing for myself again. And did you have to relearn any of the techniques that you had learned as a new sewer? No, I don't think I had to relearn so much. I learned about pattern review. I found blogs and I learned so much new things at the time. People who did things differently, new techniques. I ordered uh, two books. I ordered a book by Sandra Betsina and by David Petroffin. Also, having access to books from an international market at the time, that was new. And I learned so much. The Sandra Betsina book was really an eye-opener for me. What possibilities, what techniques there were. And, well, I started using them, trying them, improving my skills, I restarted and and used all the techniques I knew already, but have improved immensely since, I think. When we were emailing each other, you mentioned that lingerie sewing was one of the types of sewing that you were blogging about. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. When I discovered the internet blogging world on on sewing at the time, which was very widespread in the English-speaking community, I thought, well, I, I can... Uh, contribute a bit by writing about my lingerie sewing. I had done that at a time for a couple of years and really nobody was writing anything about that or showing anything about lingerie sewing. So I thought, well, it would be nice to share that. That There's some special techniques, some special materials, notions you need, not widely available at the time. uh, But I like to teach, done that all of my life and sharing my knowledge, the things I know is really key to what I do. So writing about lingerie was an original topic and gave me a few followers, not really by people who wanted to sew lingerie, but that was something that that gave me a few people following me. And and, well, I started following people, commenting on on blogs, etc. Lingerie sewing has really been a part of my my sewing. What I'm hearing is that at the time when you came back to sewing, you were sharing your knowledge of lingerie sewing on blogs because of the type of material you use with lingerie. And also, you know, at the time and, and even now, it's one of those sewing skills and the notions, etc. It's really hard to get what you want when you want it. You can get fabric anytime, but to get the type of O-rings and the all the metal... Oh. The hooks and eyes, all of that. Yeah, notions in lingerie sewing, I think, is a difficult thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky to have a very specialized shop in Amsterdam. 
where it's lingerie heaven. It's, they have all the lycras, the laces, and they have all the notions. So, and that's only a 45 minutes drive distance from me. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was very difficult. And I think there are more shops now around the world who sell lingerie material. Quite a few designers who have made patterns for lingerie, bras, briefs, whatever. So it's more accessible now. Yes, exactly. I love it. It's really nice for other people to be able to do it and, and having yeah designers taking up making patterns for lingerie. So there's, there's a wide choice now and that's, that's a good thing. What store is it that is your lingerie heaven in Amsterdam? It's called Kantje Board. And Kantje is the word for lace in Dutch. It's small. It's a very nice owners, very helpful owners as well. So it definitely is a place to be if you are in Amsterdam and are interested in lingerie sewing. I know about Beverly Johnson from Canada is a, is a very famous designer. And she, she came to, with a group of ladies to Amsterdam a couple of years ago, I think. It was a special event, I think, both for the ladies as for Kantje Board themselves, that they had such a huge group of international ladies getting there. And I've met quite a few people over the years and visited Kantje Board with them. Yeah, really nice. Okay. That sounds special. One of those things that people should go to if they're visiting. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Very special place. The other things that you told me that you enjoy making coats and jackets. Yes, very much. I like the techniques, the, the inner construction of coats and jackets, making it a bit more firm, making the shoulder shields and the sleeve blackets and sleeve hats, etc. I really love that, that kind of special work. Sometimes I really like to make instant gratification thing and make the uh, quick blouse or t-shirt or whatever, working on a coat or a jacket. Uh, I really like that. Yeah, that's special. And I think you live in a country and a climate that allows you to have more than one coat or jacket too. Oh, yes. At the moment, we really need it. It's freezing outside at the moment, so uh, it's below zero. We, We need jackets and we need coats. On Instagram, when did you discover the Sav50 community? I think it was pretty early on when I started using my Instagram account more regularly through following people, seeing the tag more often. Oh, that's nice. And seeing all the creative things and all the, the beautiful garments everyone made and started following. And it's a joy to see all the things happening, all the active tags to post, etc. For myself, taking on a challenge to do something monthly or I haven't done that. I do follow. I, I followed the coat tag, for example. There was a tag now for making a winter coat. I do follow them regularly and see all the beautiful things everyone makes. I love that it's not just about the beautiful picture of you, of the, the beautiful garments you made. They're all beautiful garments, but it's about a community and it doesn't matter whether you're 50 or 60 or 70 or even a bit younger but it's about what you make and sharing a hobby that's what is important it's not about how you exactly look or the extra wrinkle in your skin it's it's not important it's giving visibility to people who are older in social media. Yeah. And I think they're doing a really good job. Absolutely. They're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> there really is. It's, it's so important that it's 
the internet and social media isn't just not only about beautiful young people and that your life is over when you're a bit older, which is ridiculous. You're just as beautiful when you're 60 or 70 or 80. If you have some confidence in yourself, that's important. It is. And it's not being beautiful and having the latest fashion thing. To me, that's not important. I like to see what people make and I like if I see some genuine interest and a genuine person behind it. That's what it's about. And that's what I tell my children too. My children are not even following social media that much. I think my son was one of the first ones to uh, say goodbye to Facebook because he didn't like it. Life is about highs and lows and everyone has their highs and lows. And it's just not only the pretty picture you put on Instagram. I think that's uh, something as people over 50, we have experienced already. It's obvious in your example, too, that we help each other out when we need a hand. Exactly. Yeah, that's very comforting to know as well. Well, the sewing community has brought me a lot, I must say that. And that's not only the Instagram community. I have met people from the Instagram community. I've met Des from Sew Professional a couple of months ago. Oh, wow. I know her through the Instagram account, but I have met other sewing enthusiasts by blogging, by participating in a get together. And I've made some really, really good friends through that. That's amazing. It's also what the community brings you. If someone is close to you or you go to an event together, you get in touch, you you start emailing, you start to meet. Yeah, it can bring you a lot. It has brought a lot to me. The Cyber 50 community has brought a lot to many people out there. So it's really great to see that. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the really wonderful things about the Cypher 50 community. I'm so jealous of the Frogtails events in uh, both Australia and in uh, the UK recently that, that all those people get together and meet and I have a fun day together. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. A bit envious about that. They're quite unique events and it always is a little bit scary when you go on your own because there are these faces of people that you see online and you finally are in a room with them. But once you get past that, we're all in the same boat together and it's actually quite nice. I do know the feeling that you describe. I went to my first event in 2009 Someone on Pattern Review was organizing a get-together in Paris. And two of my friends that I spent now a sewing week in the UK with, I first met at that get-together. There was an event two years later where some others joined as well. I still remember the feeling of the first time going to that event. I was on my own. I didn't know anyone. Sort of instant recognition of each other. We all felt the same about being there for the first time and, and, and sharing a hobby, sharing a sewing. It always gives something to talk about. Sigrid, what are you working on at the moment? Last year, I have been working on yeah. digital pattern drafting. I've always drafted patterns. I've learned the techniques a long time ago and have worked on making myself more proficient in it as well. But I started doing it digitally and I have published my first pattern and it's available on the Etsy platform. It's for skirt and I'm still working on a short version of that skirt. And I'm also trying to make uh, digital pattern drafting more accessible at the moment. I'm working on publishing a few videos on YouTube to help people making sewing patterns digitally in a program that's called Affinity Designer. I'm doing that in Affinity Designer because the most used program is Illustrator. 
I've used that too because the previous version of Affinity didn't have a, a number of options. With the software that you're using, how is that different to Illustrator? Uh, the software that I'm using uh, is different to Illustrator because you don't have to have a subscription. Illustrator is subscription-based uh, and I'm using Affinity. You just pay for the program once. It's not that expensive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Illustrator has more details, there are more possibilities, but also so many possibilities you won't ever use as a pattern designer. And then the amount of money that's involved to get an Illustrator a subscription is quite steep. So especially if you just want to do it for yourself, it has nice possibilities. And you can definitely work your way through digital pattern drafting in the program. The new version has added a few options that are really nice. I'm not in any way affiliated to the program, but I really like to use it now. Does this mean that your enjoyment of sewing and your sewing skills have now merged together with your IT background? Yes, I think you can say that. They're they're blending together. And again, I like to share my knowledge of things and and trying to do the, the video now how to use a software program to make your patterns digital. Hope hope it helps someone. Sigrid, before we finish up, where can we find you online and where can we find your pattern? Online, you can find me on Instagram, Sigrid Sews, and on my blog, Sigrid Sewing Projects, Blogspot, and my pattern is on Studio Sigrid on Etsy. Sigrid, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast for Sober 50 and for sharing your story about what happened to your account when it was copied, someone was imitating your account, but also thank you for telling us about your sewing background, your interest in lingerie sewing, coats, jackets, and how you share what you know and now with your new pattern as well that you're sharing that too. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you again. Thanks again. This episode of Sober 50 Podcast on Soulganized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Sigrid, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at Sober 50 on Instagram. Also, if you're interested in being part of Sober 50 Live with Bird and Molly for Sober 50, contact them directly to be part of this interactive community event. Remember, that So50 Live can still be watched on the So50 account if you miss them when they're actually live on Instagram. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. If YouTube is your thing, a library of Soul Organized Style Podcasts are being loaded onto YouTube account with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.